You know what? I've noticed every single week that there's a gap of about a second or two seconds after the music goes and before we start talking. I don't know how to get rid of that, but I bet you that every single week we scare the crap out of our listener. Isn't that a dramatic build-up? Oh, you mean like a dramatic pause? Because if the song's called Interspense... Which it is. Have we actually mentioned that, ever? No. Oh, okay. Well, here's a public service announcement. For you, our listener, and you, Brian Eugene Smith, if you're asleep at the wheel, Brian, our intro music is copyright-free, free to use, and it's called Interspense. But even though it's copyright free, we would rather you didn't use it yeah. because you know we've kind of made, made it ours now. Yeah. Anyway, hey kids, it's piercing the veil, and we're on episode fifteen. Your weekly gaggle of geeky goodness, uh, supplied by my good self, Robin Pierce, and me, Stephen Pierce. Right, Steve. Our patience paid off. Yes. Because last week, we were... Well, let's do this the the Lost in Space way. Okay. Last week, as you'll recall, Robin and Stephen were anxiously awaiting any news of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And to the point that we started recording Episode 14... There was nothing. No. There's nada. Zilch. There was a poster. Zero. No. Point. There's a poster. There's a poster. Yeah, okay. But we did cover the Mandalorian, yeah. which we're not going to cover this week. But we hadn't long switched the microphone off when those sneaky peeps over yeah. at Lucasfilm and Disney released. A little chisel reel from Rise of Skywalker. And basically, dear, sweet, trusting listener. Wow! Yeah. It blew me away. I I don't want another Star Wars trailer. I want them to leave it with that one. Knowing nothing. Yeah, I, I don't want to know anything going into At the into moment, it. we know nothing. That's exactly what I want going into this one. I don't want any expectations built up. Just give me that trailer. Leave it there. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer, dear listener, why not? This is what you do. Whatever device you're listening to it's on right now, put it in your left hand. And with your right hand, press pause. Don't switch me off, because I want you back. Just press pause. Go to YouTube. Come back to me. And me. <laughs> nice pause there. <laughs> and you'll know what we're talking about. I thought it was... Very dramatic that they used clips from all the previous films and remind us why we're all here. Yeah. It was frustrating. It's like, get on with it. Where's the new stuff? Then I thought, oh, the binary sunset. Oh, the best piece of acting in a sci fi movie anywhere. You know what I'm talking about. No! It's not possible! The fact that Mark Hamill can put full-on snot sobs in a Star Wars movie to order, that makes him an Oscar-worthy actor. Even Shatner can't do full-on snot sobs. If you remember, with The Force Awakens, when that came up, with all the build-up, Yes. The trailer never gave anything away, and some of the things in that trailer weren't even for that movie. This is true, but what is also true is 
that pretty much the same thing. There were, there were no real giveaways in Return... No, Return of the Jedi. Not The Jedi Awakens. The Last Jedi. Okay. Okay. And there was one line of dialogue which, when you look at it in the context of watching the trailer, is one thing. When you look at it in the context of watching the film, means something completely different. And when you're walking out of the movie theater, and you think about that line that you've heard for about four or five months, yeah. you just want to slap yourself in the head because they told you all along, and I quote, this will not go the way you think it will. Yeah. And it didn't. But they had warned us all along. Now, what we know is there seems to be the mother of all battles looming. Yeah. With Imperial Star Destroyers, or New Order Star Destroyers, going back as far as the eye can see. On top of that, we know that on the shattered shell of Death Star 2 yeah. from Return of the Jedi, Kylo Ren and um, Rey will be battling it out. And we know that there will be a sequence where Rey wields a foldable double-bladed lightsaber yeah. that's hinged in the middle. Yeah. How cool was that? And the thing is, as well, one of the things that hasn't really been picked up on, yeah, that lightsaber is actually very, very reminiscent of Kylo Ren's because it doesn't look really finished. It looks homemade. It, it looks homemade, and it's got an angry, yeah. fierce, crackling yeah. blade. I mean, you know, the as as Obi Wan said in Star Wars. The, the lightsaber is an elegant weapon. Yeah. Kylo Ren's lightsaber is gonna mess you yeah. up. Yeah. As will that double-bladed lightsaber. Now, did Kylo Ren make that lightsaber for her? We don't know. Will it actually happen in the film? We don't know. Is it some sort of false vision meant to mislead her and us? We don't know. We've also seen R2-D2 with red eyes. Yes. Now, if he be a Sith? Can a robot be a Sith? What do you think about you it? You can just give him bad programming, but can a robot be a Sith? What do you think? Or has he been out on the town? Is he hungover? We don't know. What do you think about it? The droids in Star Wars. Yes. When you see some of them on the Empire's ship yeah. or... The First Order, Yes, they do tend to actually have red lights. Oh, so actually that might not be at all. Yeah. It could be another protocol droid. They've had those in the past. There was a white one yeah. on the planet Best. No, not the planet Best. In the Cloud City of Best. In The Empire Strikes Back, who was very rude to see 3PO saying, yeah. I don't know what that means, but I think the final word is you. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is your fondest hope for the rise of Skywalker? That it fixes The Last Jedi, and it includes the prequel trilogy. Alright, before you say, fixes The Last Jedi, you're going to have to tell everybody what you think is wrong with The Last Jedi, and go. Where was the first... Where were the Knights of Ren in The Last Jedi? Oh, they were just off camera. They were standing behind columns. They were on a tea break. What? What's with the fabric falling from a roof? You mean like, in the throne room? Yeah. What's with... Um, Hang on a second. Hang on a second. In all of Last Jedi... One of the things that bothers you most. The first thing you come up with is why were the curtains falling in flames? And the, the thing that I really don't like with it at all yes. is Leia 
floating through Well, that space. should have been the first thing before the goddamn curtain. Because this is the thing. Okay. Yeah. In, I think it was Revenge of the Sith. Yes. When they're on the bridge and they first meet General Grievous. They being who? Um, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Anakin Skywalker. Okay. I'm sure that the two droids that are with General Grievous blow out the window on a space station. They get sucked out, but they have to have a breathing apparatus, and they have to come back in quite quickly. Mm. Whereas you can clearly see in The Last Jedi when she's blown out into space, she's yeah. gone way past where the shields are. Yeah. She's free-falling yeah. in space, or free-floating in space. Yes. That was my worst scene. And the only My thing. second worst scene was on the gambling planet. Yeah. Because rather than look for the Nicchio del Toro yeah. in a throwaway role, because this ain't Sicaro. No. That should have been Billy D. Williams as Lando Calvin. They also put way too much emphasis on making, is it Paul Dammon? Yeah, he's the new Solo, though, isn't he? They made way too much emphasis on making him the new Solo. Yeah. And the whole opening scene where he's goading the First Order. Yeah. Harrison Ford he could would have, have got pulled, away with that. He could have, he could have pulled, pulled it off, off effortlessly. Of him, of Harrison Ford in just a you know, single fight, single seater fighter plane. Yeah. Whereas with Poe Dameron, he's too new. True. And he's no Harrison Ford. No. Right. So clearly then our message is... Don't let us down on this. We've got a lot riding on this. Don't let us down. December, we will be there. We are hoping that it'll be a triple bill yeah. of Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. If it isn't the triple bill, then surely we will have made it one at home by watching the others on blue before setting out. Yeah. But don't let us down, okay? Don't let us down. Now, we're going to keep on with the nostalgia, um, and we're going to do a little cult corner here. Okay. Because on Thursday night, you and I took a very impromptu trip to the cinema, to yeah. the multiplex, where we watched Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day yeah. on a double bill. Um, not that it was a big anniversary to either one of them, um, but it was 35 years to Terminator, 28 to Now, Terminator 2, <clears throat> at this time of year, yeah. which comprises August 30th, yes. was the biggest film of the season yeah. 28 years ago in 1991. Coincidentally, yeah. um, what a coincidence, your birthday. Yes. Which is why, halfway through dinner, I thought, let's go to the cinema. Let's drive an hour out, watch about four and a half hours of yeah. movies, drive an hour back. Because it was the best way to, yeah. to kick off your birthday. And a belated happy birthday, even thank though you. I said it several times yes. during the day. I can sing you happy birthday now if you like. No, thank you. No? Okay. And I'm sure our listener thanked you as well. So I had seen Terminator back in 84 at the cinema many times on home video since. I had seen Terminator 2 at the cinema eight years ago. Yeah. And at home several times since. This was your first time seeing those two movies at the cinema. Yeah. No director's cuts. No. Beautiful restoration. Yeah. It was as if they had just been filmed the day before. Your reaction and go. I thought it was the perfect double bill. It also helped that, you know, you say it was 30... 
35 Hi. years. 35 years. Sorry if I sounded distant. I was reaching into my desk drawer for a cloth with which to clean my glasses. And clearly the people that went there wanted to see those movies, and you could tell by how quiet the screening was. Oh, indeed. I loved seeing Terminator because I loved that movie. But it was Terminator... Why? I love the whole thing with the... Yeah, I'm in a challenging movie now. Yeah. Why? Why do you like Terminator? Why? The fact that the Why? end of the Why? judgment bit is... Why? It's so bleak. Yeah. Which they completely messed up in Salvation with having it as a nice day. Oh, which a lovely day which for I, Apocalypse. I, I get my head around. Well, you never know when the end of the world... It might be a nice day. Isn't, isn't the end of the world Kind of more of a bummer if it's a nice day. You know, if it's rainy, you're thinking, oh, thank God, death is coming, raining at me from the skies. But the thing I found really surprising with both of them, though, well, is how much the effects had changed between the two. Yeah. Because you had... CGI had been yeah. introduced for one thing. But the one thing that struck me with Terminator in particular... Yes. And I understand it's because of stop-motion animation. Uh, Phil Tippett, I think. You have Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, hunting him down through the entire movie. But because of how it was with stop-motion animation, it seems the second he was the endoskeleton, and all his skin had burnt off and he's just the robot, it slowed down. What? I His thought movements. that's one of the best. Yeah, but he's being deliberate. He's being calculating. I mean, come on, he kills Reese. Yeah. It's only the fact that he fails to notice that Sarah Connor is standing behind a hydraulic press with a finger on the go button. Otherwise, he'd have her. The entire movie, it, it's genius. Apart from one genius. Tonkatoy? Yeah. Um, there's a truck that gets blown up near the end of the film. And it's chased Bear Connor and Kyle Reese down. And they put like a pipe bomb in it. It's a tanker. Yeah. And of course, it's a, it's a real truck up until the point where they blow it up. Yes. And then due to the way that the cab blows off, the entire front part comes off in one piece. Yes. Like a Tonka toy or an Ertl toy. Yeah. It it looks really, really bad in in when it's back projected. And it's there in the background. And it, it's kind of distracting. Yeah. And I've I've always thought that. That's the one scene if they were going to redo yeah. the Terminator the way that George Lucas has redone the original Star Wars trilogy, I would like them to redo the truck blowing yeah. up. Please. Just CGI that one yeah. scene because it just makes it a better movie. Uh, it's it's distracting. Because you, you claimed, and I'm sure you were just doing it to wind me up, that you hadn't seen or hadn't noticed, even though I pointed out. But when you saw it on the big screen, there, there is no, no denying no. the fact that that is one pathetic looking truck. And I think that that scene is only going to get worse with things like Blu ray. Oh my god, 4K. can you imagine it in 10K? Yeah. You'd see the, the Made in China on the side. I was amazed with the sound of the first movie in the cinema. Lots of silence. But there also, in Screening Room 7, yeah. there was a lot of feedback coming through the speaker on one side, but which was a bit distracting. I found as well, I thought that when you went to see the oh, 40th anniversary of Halloween, yeah, that seemed to be very quiet, the movie. Yeah. Whereas for the Terminators, it seemed a far better sound. Mm, yeah, I guess, yeah. Especially for Terminator 2. Remember... Um, Halloween was made in, what, 1978? Yeah. 
maybe filmed in 77, released in 78. Um, sound had come on a little bit since then. And again for Terminator yeah. 2. And I did see the credit on Terminator 2 that the sound had been mixed at Lucasfilm. Oh. So they've got their big tier jack you know, with the new Terminator Dark Fate movie coming out. Yes. If that does well, there is actually plans for a trilogy. Okay. So, it'll be Genesis, Dark Fate, and something? Or are we writing off Genesis and it's going to be Dark Fate and another two? Dark Fate and another two. Okay. Because Genesis is, it's a sequel, but it's not a sequel because it kind of, it's intertwining with the first movie. It's, it's a great movie, but it's weird. All right. Okay, now then, the following day, we went to the cinema again. Yes. Um, because it's kind of a family tradition that when we have birthdays, we like to spend those birthdays in the birthday movie. There's no better way to spend no. a birthday. Um, the first film that we saw was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yes. And I was expecting something like on the same level as, because I, I, I found out that it came from a graphic novel, I think, didn't it? A book. Um, aimed for young adults. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is going to be on the Goosebumps movie level. Yes, that's what I was And that's not a bad thing. That's not an insult, because I went with you to see the Goosebumps movies. Yeah. And when you were a child, you used to watch Goosebumps. I've seen several of them with yeah. you. And for what they were, i.e. Uh, horror stories aimed at kids and young adults, yeah. I thought they did that very well. Um, when I went to see the Goosebumps movies, I, I was perfectly happy. I enjoyed yeah. them. Hell, I've got them on Blu-ray. Yeah. And I was expecting something along the same lines as, you know, the scare quotient of Goosebumps or the house with a clock in its yeah. walls. Yeah. Or last year. Very underrated film. But what we got was something completely different. Yeah. I thought... That was a lot stronger, darker, and more threatening it than was. I thought it was going to be. But it was wildly entertaining. I loved it. It was because after seeing the movie, yeah, it. I think it's possibly the only time this has ever happened. I got curious about the box. Okay. So I thought I'd see. I thought it'd be like Goosebumps that. You know, they, they're like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 yeah. bucks, you know, kind of an unachievable amount. Yeah. Did not know there were only three bucks. Really? There are only three bucks. Yeah. And you can you can actually buy them for seven. So, let's get on to the story. Um, yeah. It's Halloween. And uh, these teenagers... Approximately, I yeah. guess. High school, anyway. Um, take a, a stranger to town um, to a supposed haunted house because it helps them out with some bullies. Yeah. And there's a local legend of somebody who is incarcerated in the basement and told scary stories, children through a wall, yeah. and they find a secret room where she may have been kept and they find the books of the stories that she had written yeah and the young girl takes one of these because she wants to do uh an exploration yeah. of the legend she wants to be a journalist and a, a writer herself and the book starts to write itself yes it does. as they are looking Words start appearing on the page, and one by one, the people who were in the house that night, because they were followed there by the bullies, yeah. uh, 
start to meet horrible fates. And this is replicated in the horror stories that the book itself wrote yeah. in blood upon the page. Yeah. So what I've gathered looking into it a bit more yeah. is that the whole story with the kids finding the book that has been made for the movie, but the stories that the book dealt with... Those are the scary stories are, to tell in the dark. Yeah. All right, I see. Um, we had a scarecrow. Yes, Harold. Harold, scarecrow, uh, in a cornfield. I don't want to give too many spoilers. No, it's probably kind of like a short thing to say on it, because... He was... An amazing-looking scarecrow yeah. had to be CGI or animatronic, and if there was a sculpt of that scarecrow, yeah, I would want it. Yeah, because after the film, I asked you what your top scarecrow from a horror movie was, and you said the one in Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yes. Question: At the time that we were. Discussing that, yeah. had you forgotten Hammer's Captain Clegg? Probably. With the smugglers? Yeah. And the guy dressed as a scarecrow yeah. who's watching the King's Men searching for the smugglers? Yeah. Um, Dark Knight the Scarecrow, of course, is the, the one where the, the um, mentally handicapped guy uh, hides in a scarecrow. Uh, because he's been wrongly accused of harming a child. Yeah. And the the local yokels are forming a lynch mob, and they're after him, yeah. and he hides in the scarecrow. Uh, when they kill him without mercy in the scarecrow, um, they, the, the, the members of the lynch mob find themselves stalked. By the scarecrow. That's a damn good movie. It is. Um, okay. Going on now with scary stories to tell in the dark. There was a spider infested spot. Yeah. There was the jangling man who came through a chimney in pieces, reformed yeah. himself. And went on a spree. Yeah. There was the obscenely fat lady. Yeah. Who would actually absorb people, not eat them. She would just hug them and completely envelop yeah. and absorb people. Um, have I left anything? Oh, the toe. Yes. The corpse that came looking for a toe. Yeah. That had been taken off her. Yeah. I'll leave that one there. I'll leave that one there. All in all, this was far less um, goosebumps and far more, I would say, creep show. Yeah. But it's it's highly recommended. And I definitely want it here on Blu-ray for watching yeah. next Halloween. Because yes. it'll be out by then. It'll yeah. probably be out end of the year, beginning of next year, but that's not the time no. of year you want to watch it, really, because it's set at Halloween. Exactly. It, it, it is definitely a Halloween movie. And the other film that we saw uh, yesterday was Crawl and Go. Crawl is, I would say, the equivalency to a, a horror movie that came out years ago now called The Shallows which had a surfer trapped on a rock just girl surfer. girl surfer just outside just off the shore and unfortunately a whale had been killed not that far from her which yep. had attracted a shark yep and basically the plot of the movie was she was trying to get to the shore but the shark was hunting the shark wanted his yeah. food just a little bit fresher. And she gets injured as well. Yeah. She's bleeding into the seawater. Whereas I found with Crawl, which is an alligator movie, yeah. it was... Set it up. Crawl, you had 
hurricane, you're in Florida. You're in Florida. Hurricane season. This time of year. Yeah. It's hurricane season. A divorced family. Her, his daughter was an athletic swimmer. Yeah. Always handy yeah. when there are gators around to have an athletic yes. Olympic class swimmer. And basically, the, the, the tra- she's trying to get hold of her dad, who she thinks is in the house. Yeah. Turns out he isn't. Of course, everybody yeah. has been evacuated. And he is in their old home, which is flooded. Yeah. They are near the Everglades. The alligators have started coming in, looking yeah. for fresh food. And basically, if you think you've got something like a mouse infestation, you ain't seen nothing till you've got a gator infestation. Yeah. They've caught the old man. Yeah. Uh, he's in the cellar, injured. He's in the cellar trying to help him. There's a storm drain, and that is how the gators are yeah. coming in and out, and they are trapped in that house. The hungry alligators know that they're there. Worse, the levee gives, and the floodwaters are rising. I think the, the one thing I've got to say was... Which it is, really, yeah. the parallel with... The shallows, yeah. because she was stuck on a rock, yeah. and the tide was yeah. coming in and would cover the rock, well, making it easy prey for the shark. I would give credit to Crawl in particular. Yeah, is you have a lot of alligator movies like Lake Placid, or I think the other one's Rogue. It has some kind of giant yeah. alligator. Yeah, whereas, an unfeasible yeah. large alligator. Whereas Crawl was actually extremely credible. It was. It was completely feasible. Um, there, There is a scene where a person is trying to get out of the cellar yeah. to safety. And the gator jumps up and snatches him back down yeah. as he's crawling out of the cellar through this hatch. And you may think, no, they can't do that. That's, that's stupid. That's crazy. That's too far-fetched. Fourth wall, gone. Uh-uh. Uh, many years ago, when you were about 11, 12, we were in Florida, and we went on to an alligator farm, Gatorland, yeah. actually. Yeah. And they demonstrated just how high an alligator and jump out of the water to grab its prey. And we saw an alligator jump a clear seven feet out of the water. Seven feet easily. Yeah. So I, I took video footage of it. I, yeah. I, I couldn't have believed it. It was like, no. Because they can actually move really quickly. They can move really quickly. Yeah. And what they do is they clamp down. They don't have very powerful jaws no. that can, you know, snap through your arm. They clamp on and then they twist themselves round and round on their tail it's far more just visceral. to tear it out. Yeah, which they try and do here. That's the one thing that I found nudging at the edges of credibility in this film is that the father and daughter yeah. get bitten but they managed to escape the claws of the alligator by yeah. means that we won't say here. And jaws, not claws. And they don't bleed out. And they don't succumb to shock. Wouldn't adrenaline have kicked them? They were in cold water as well. That would have... I, I, I reckon they'd have gone into shock. See, I don't know with that, because if she's a swimmer and used to... She's not used to having an alligator clamp on a leg and around. She's adrenaline. Yeah, but still, you'd go into shock. Sure. But that'd make a really dumb movie. And there'd be heavy blood loss. That'd make a really dull movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay. We'll give Crawl a little bit of dramatic license there. Now, 
what what was significant about crawl for us is it is today august 31st yeah by any sane measure the last day of summer i mean look at it out yeah. there. it's autumn all the way yeah. baby so I was thinking we could spend the rest of the show having a look back at the movies we've seen during the summer blockbuster season. Yeah. And we'll we'll go strict rules of summer here. Okay. Everything we've seen from June 1st yeah. through to the end of August. Okay. Because everything that we see from tomorrow on, those are the four movies. Yes. Okay. So things like, say, Endgame, for example. Endgame, no, doesn't count. Because, according to my list here, we saw Endgame on April the 24th. And again on April the 28th. And I saw it again with my good buddy Karen Woodham on the 7th of May. Uh, Thankfully, I don't have to bitch about Detective Pikachu, because that was the 21st. Mate, you owe us a rewatch. I owe you nothing. Now, people might wonder where these dates are coming from, but because I am a nerd, I keep the titles of the films and the dates that we saw them in a local book. So, we started off with Godzilla, King of the Monsters, on June 6th. Yeah. That was a good start. That, that really was. Mothra. King Ghidorah. That was class- that was a good start. That was a classic Toho. Uh, after that, I went to see Ma. Yeah, that, I think that's out in a couple of weeks. You need to see that. That was messed yeah. up. That was severely okay. messed up. Again, like um, Crawl, kind of credible. Yeah. Uh, then we went to Dark Phoenix, a film that I thought critics were a bit too harsh with. I've given up on any kind of timeline thing with yeah. X-Men because it'll just make your brain melt. But it was a better film than it had been given... I'm not going to say it had been given credit for. It was a better film than they it, than they made it out to be. Even though yeah. the, the story had been told before in uh, The Last Stand. I quite liked that movie. But I think with critics and the people going to see the movie, I think with the looming thing of Disney buying 20th Century Fox and knowing that this was going to be the last... 20th Century 3 Fox. 20th Century Fox then I think that they just got fed up with it. They knew it was going to be the end anyway, so... I, I, I don't know. I can't believe that they would have... The producers of the film would be thinking, yeah, you know what, we're going to Disney anyway. Screw it, we'll just put trash out. Is the New Mutants movie yeah. has had to be... A lot of it's had to be refilmed again. I thought it had been scrapped. Apparently... Disney. Gambit has been scrapped. Yeah. That's good. A lot of the plans that Fox had yeah. have been scrapped because they weren't those movies weren't making any money. Okay. Then on the 10th of June, we went to see Brightburn and I loved yeah. every second of it. What if Superman was bad? Yeah. The kid who ended up in a Kansas Cornfield, just outside Smallville, was basically a little juvenile delinquent. Yeah. Um, I can't say enough good no, about that. No. That was I, very I original really, as well. Really good. Yeah, really good, really original. Men in Black International, all I can say was, it was, was it what it was. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It wasn't the worst. No. It's possible. Far and away not the best no. Men in Black movie. Um, uh, if they followed it up, yeah, I would go and see another one. It it was kind of it was a, it was good, but it wasn't 
that good. It was, it was an odd one. Yeah. Um, I'd say that in order of preference, they are one, three, two, four. Yeah. Speaking of four, on the 21st of June, we went to see two movies. The first was Toy Story 4. Perfect. A perfect epilogue that we don't need to see anymore. Not that we don't like the characters and not that we're tired of them. It's just that story's been told now. Pixar, please move on. We also saw Child's Play. And why did we bother? I honestly thought that with Child's Play, with how they were building it up and having... With the Toy Story posters that they did? Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. I thought that... The advertising was cleverer than the film yeah. itself. Because, to me, that that was not Chucky. I thought that maybe Mark Hamill doing the voice of Chucky would elevate it a little yeah. bit, but I'm kind of thinking, no, Hamill, what were you doing? Um, it took us over a week to get the taste of that out of our mouth. Yeah. With Spider-Man Far From Home, on the 2nd of July, uh, which we saw twice in the same day in both 2 and 3 yeah. What? Best Spider-Man movie to date. Right. I think that Mysterio in Far From Home is possibly one of the best realised villains that Marvel have ever done. Okay. I um, agree. The only other ones that I actually rate highly for Marvel villain-wise are Loki and Thanos. The others, a lot of the others we've had, seem to be more kind of throwaway. Like, you had the Winter Soldier, but he wasn't really a villain. Hmm. Sir, may I direct you to the Red Skull? Yeah, but he wasn't... Yeah, but? There's a but? Yeah, he was a good villain. Yes. But they... Loki, Thanos, Mysterio seemed better rounded villains. Well, there's no not much to round in the Red Skull, yeah. because he is a Nazi who's had the... Super Soldier Serum, yeah. and he's had a bad re- effect on it yeah. on him because it's basically made his face look like a red skull. Right? And all he wants to do is, you know, promote Hydra, yeah. um, which I thought came across very well in that film. I, I would have actually liked to have seen see the others of the Red Skull. You've got a little bit more sympathy going on yeah. there because. Loki is the villain that you love to hate. Yeah. He he does the worst things imaginable to his brother. Yeah. Um, but then again, there comes a point in just about every film he's been in where he needs Thor's help and he goes pleading back yeah. or something like that. And you think, ah, oh, he's not so bad. And whoosh, he pulls the rug yeah. out from under Thor's feet again. What? And it's kind of funny. What? With Thanos... He had the worst genocidal plan imaginable, getting rid of half of everything yeah. that lived. But you can actually see his point. And the thing that I liked with Thanos, though, you like with the worst plan ever. Yeah. He wasn't, you know, choosing race or gender. No, or no. Like that. It's half of everything. Half of everything. All gone. Not based on age, no. creed, code. Just half. Ethnicity. Ethnicity. Yeah. Well, you think about it. You no, know, I'm. Like, Ethnicity. How they say, you know, like the Marvel Universe. And just for old time's sake, Solstice. Ooh. Yeah. How the Marvel Universe started with Iron Man. Yes. Have you noticed that the Iron Man villains in the movies, like Whiplash, for example, they weren't they weren't as good as the actual stories that were taking place, like you had the demon in the bottle from the where Tony Stark becomes an alcoholic. I think there's a there's a reason behind that, and one of the reasons 
you need to look at the source material itself. In the 60s, Iron Man was actually pretty. Yeah. The 70s didn't do much for him either. Iron Man, for the first couple of maybe two and a half decades of his existence couldn't even carry his own comic book because they kept relaunching it and then they'd give him like half a comic book um, with another you know character who was foundering yeah Um, same thing happened to Captain America for a while same thing happened to Ant-Man and the Wasp same thing happened to the Human Torch solo strip same thing happened to Thor for a little while. And the Hulk. Yeah. They were second-tier characters who really couldn't... They were interesting enough to carry their own comic book. Um, Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Avengers. In fact, Iron Man was a bigger success as one of the Avengers than he was in his own short-lived comic book, Tales of Suspense. Um, So, yeah. Uh, It took just before Iron Man came out for him to start getting a little bit more interesting. We had the Demon in a Bottle um, storyline, which had Tony Stark become an alcoholic and have to give up being Iron Man in favour of uh, Rhodey, who was War Machine, taking the Iron Man armour. And that became interesting. And I think that that might have been the point where Iron Man became a little bit more fleshed out than just a guy in a suit. Um, he he wasn't that likable in the sixties. He wasn't interesting. There was he was second tier all the way. When they they announced they were making the Iron Man movie, there were two things that I was wondering about. Like, despite everything, I had time for Iron Man. Yeah, when I was a kid, and I thought, how are they going to make him look? right on screen or are they going to mess him around they got that right with Stan Winston the uh, makeup artist and effects genius and really Iron Man why him you know it's like this might be a yawn fest but then they cast Robert Downey Jr. in the role and Robert Downey Jr kind of is the living embodiment of the kind of lifestyle that Tony Stark had had with his substance abuse and alcohol abuse. And, you know, he he just became the role. I mean, he he was made for it. Um, The reason to get back to your original point why the villainy is kind of weak in Iron Man, in the Iron Man films, is because a lot of Iron Man villains from the 60s and 70s were either weak or really just downright stupid. Yeah, they... they, I'm sorry, Stan, wherever you are, but those Iron Man stories weren't always well written. Because I I remember thinking at the time with Whiplash, I enjoyed Iron Man 2 as a movie, the um, the whole thing going on with Tony Stark in it with the palladium poisoning, yeah, yeah. and I'm going off the rails. Yes, loved that side of it. But when it came to the end with the fight with Whiplash, yeah, not the chase with the droid with the drones around the city, the actual right. fight with Whiplash. Yeah, I was thinking, is that it? Really? It's like you have this big build-up, and then... Just, they mixed up the the villainy of Whiplash. Yeah. Who'd been around since the 60s. And the much later villainy of Justin Hammer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, the source material with Iron Man. Okay. If you go back and if you read the the Marvel Essentials, 
which take us back to the 60s and the 70s. They're interesting. Not great. Not great. Okay, 12th of July, we saw Anna. That I liked. That was about the Russian assassin. Yes. Loved it. Yeah. More than I loved Midsummer, which a lot of the critics have raved about. But to me was... Ooh, Wicker Man light. And way too obvious. It was disturbing, but... Mm, lost it in the final reel. It should have been ha- at least half an hour shorter. I agree. Yeah. But there's an expanded version being released. To cover what? I have no idea. In the cover everything. They told that story to death. And the 16th of July, we went to see Spider-Man Far From Home for a third yeah. time. On the 6th of August, we went and we saw Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Possibly the most insanely entertaining, funny popcorn movie yeah. I've seen this year. Yeah. Certainly the kickback, check your reality at the door yeah. film of the summer. Definitely. I loved it. Loved it. Then, of course, we saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on August the 15th. Tarantino's return. Anna, Tana. Tarantino's return to absolute And that brings us up to date yeah. with what we saw last week. Okay, then. So, if you had to pick three movies... Yeah. Three of the big summer movies that you really enjoyed. What were your top three movies of the summer? Spider-Man Far From Home. In order or reverse order? This is in order. Okay. So number one, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. Number two, I'd give it to Toy Story 4. Okay. Number three, I'd give it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Whoa. How about the film's... What were your misses then? What do you mean by misses? Do you mean the three, three that you 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 didn't like that much? What failed this summer? Midsummer failed because I thought that was going to be good. Okay. Obviously, Charles played because again I thought that was going to be good. Yeah. Although it was an okay movie. Yeah. Men in Black was kind of a miss. Yeah, because it wasn't great. Yeah. Whereas, say, like, Dark Phoenix, I enjoyed that, but I don't consider that a miss because I knew what I was getting into going into it anyway. Right. And I actually thought that, is it Sophie Turner? Oh. Hold on. She almost acted, you know. In the Dark Phoenix role... Yes. I actually thought she did a better job. Than what? Uh, Famke Janssen as Dark Phoenix. Was it awful? No! She was awful. She's great as Jean Grey. As Dark Phoenix, she was awful. You're dissing Famke Janssen? As Dark Phoenix, yeah. How dare you, sir? What happened to the Phoenix Force in that movie? I don't write these. Yours. Okay, my top three in reverse order. In a number three. Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. In a number two. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. In at number one. Spider-Man Far From Home. You yeah. any idea how long I've waited to see Mysterio on screen? Proper Mysterio. Proper Mysterio. Don't mess with the costume. Uh, the three that failed to ignite me. In uh, number three, Men in Black International. Yeah. I'll watch it again. I'll get it on Blu-ray. It passes an evening. Yeah. 
does not inspire me, did not elevate me. In at number two, Midsummer. Yeah. A film I don't care that much to watch ever again. No. It could, that could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Up to the point where um, there's some kind of fertility right. Yeah. Because you never know, somebody out there who hasn't seen the film might want to. Yeah. And all the women are gathered, and yeah. Yeah. It got me right up to that point, and then I at, thought, oh, this is just silly now. At that point, I was just, no. And possibly one of the most ill-advised movies of the year is Child's Play. Yeah. That should never have been clear See, to you me. See, you know like you're saying with Men in Black International? Yeah. I know you didn't like the movie whatsoever. Uh-huh. But for me, it's like, you know, the um, Detective Pikachu movie? Yeah. That is kind of, in, for me, the same league as Men in Black International. Yeah, uh, you keep telling me that you don't really see that much wrong with Detective Pikachu, and I can't really see much right with it. I see a lot wrong with it. Yeah. But it did actually get some stuff passable. You and me are never going to be... But now, what did you call it? Pika Powells. No, I am not giving Come you a fist bump. No, I'm not Come giving on. you a fist bump. No. You know why? Ah! Oh. Sugar! Gotcha. Shoot. I haven't given you a fist bump. Since you became aware of the male adults who follow My Little Pony, they call themselves bronies. And they're members of herds, apparently. Member <laughs> I don't know what herd. The herd. <laughs> I'm sorry. The fact that they fist bump each other and call them brony hoots. Yeah. That that that, that just Pack did it. No, 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 no. If that's not horrifying enough, dear sweet listener, we will be back next week. We are seeing it yes. and it too on a double bill. Yes. So we'll have plenty to say about the antics of Pennywise the Clown, and we'll probably, I think, make it a Stephen King special yeah. and have a chat about some of his best movie adaptations, yeah. maybe some of the worst. So if you're listening, um, what I'd like you to do is this. Go on Facebook, go on my Facebook, you know where that is by now, or go to www.robinpierce.co.uk, which is my website. Check the Facebook link there and leave us your comments about the best or the worst Stephen King yeah. adaptations. And we may even read yours out on the air yeah. and you will be immortalized for all eternity. Okay, um, on that, this is me, Robin Pierce, telling you we all float down here. And Stephen Pierce saying you'll float too. So until next week, stay low, stay sharp, and stay safe. <laughs>